Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I really believe God has kind of downloaded onto me some things, uh, direction for our church and uh, started stirring in that here recently. So I want to be able to have uh, everybody here as much as possible for that and uh, look forward to that as well. But this morning, I just want to take a few minutes this morning to, uh, to, to talk about uh, Peter. And Peter, I know you have a great name. I'm not going to call you out. We're not talking about you this morning. But um, Peter in the Bible is... Uh, great example to us of, of some things we want to talk about this morning. Uh, there was a real move of the Holy Spirit in Antioch where there were tons of Gentiles that end up getting saved. It was just a huge explosion of the Holy Spirit that was moving. And Paul and Barnabas decided, we're going to go there and we're going to give a year of our life teaching. So they went and began to teach and to mentor those Gentiles there that got saved and it was at, at Antioch, really, where the believers really became known as Christians, as what we are known as today, Christians. So uh, there was an explosion that happened during that time. There was also a prophet named Agabus that prophesied a famine, a great famine that was coming to the Roman world at that time. And of course, that famine did come. So I've set the table uh, saying those things to take us to this portion of scripture that we're going to go through this morning in Acts chapter 12. Lord, I pray as we spend a few moments in your word and we pull out some nuggets that you have for us this morning that would be encouraging to us as we navigate life, as we navigate through the the challenges and the things that we are faced with as believers. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, just to grab a hold of something that would say, you know what, that that helps me today. I I can use that tomorrow just in my faith walk and my trusting in you. And we thank you for your word, because your word is so strong, it's so foundational for us, and we can find the things that we need in your word. And as we do that this morning, that you would cultivate within us those seeds that are planted, they would be watered and they would be nourished, and we would see just an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to start by reading, starting in verse 1 of Acts chapter 12. So as I was saying, um, in regards to the famine, all the things that were happening. So about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, who was John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep Fastened with two chains between two soldiers, others stood guard at the prison gate. Now, if we look at this, first of all, 
we don't fully understand why God does things the way he does. So we look at this and we see, here James is killed by a sword. Is he important to God? Yes, he is. Is he important to the people? Yes. And we see Peter who goes to prison, the same Basically, the same outcome is going to happen with Peter because the next day he's going to be found guilty and he's going to be killed. God chooses to do something by divine intervention with Peter. He didn't choose to do with James. We don't understand all of those things. It's hard for us to understand that. But we understand that God indeed is in charge of this situation. And in addition to that, because of the evilness in Herod's heart, he had several of his guards ultimately end up being put to death, which we will read. Those men didn't necessarily deserve to die. They were doing their job, and it wasn't their fault. There was a higher power that came in and caused some things to happen to where Ultimately, they ended up losing their lives, and we see all of this happen, and we say, God, why, why do things happen this way? We see that two chains bound Peter. One was connected, each chain was connected to a guard. And so, it really signified in the natural, there is no way out for Peter. He's locked down, he's in prison. There are guards that are guarding him, and there are guards, multiple guard posts that are in this prison as you go through the doors to go out through the gate. And I feel like so many times we're imprisoned by our situation, by our challenges, and we feel like there's no way out. I feel like Peter, when he was in there, and he was not only in prison, but he was chained down, and there was seemed like it would have been impossible for him to escape that circumstance. Absolutely impossible. And so many times we feel there is no way out for us, but God, but God. Can you say with me, but God? And you believe that for your circumstance, but God, but God. There's no way in human ability, there, there, there's no way that you could ever see this thing changing, but God. Here's a key, though, that we just read. What was the church doing? What were his fellow believers doing. They were praying for Peter. They were diligently praying. They were seeking God. They were intervening on his behalf. We, we have been doing that here at City Life Church, by the way. We've been coming out and we've been praying for a list of people in this church who, except but God, say there's no hope whether it's physical issues or whatever. We, we have been contending, we've been praying, we've been calling out for miracles in this house. This church has been praying, and we thank you for that. We're not done. We're gonna keep praying, we're gonna keep calling out, we're gonna, until we see every one of these miracles take place, we're gonna continue to pray. Because first, we don't know God's whole plan and purpose, but we do know that as we read this morning, that by his stripes we are healed. So we have to believe that, right? We have to say, I'm going to stand on the word, and I'm going to believe that. God is God, and he does, does things how he does them, but we still have to take him at his word. 
The church prayed earnestly for Peter. Here's another key. Peter was asleep. Think about that. Peter was at peace, even though he knew the next day, (laughs) you know, James got the sword. Guess that's probably coming for me too, because Herod was not one of those guys who was very nice. It was coming down for him. I can't imagine, I know for me personally, if that was my fate and I was in that same position that Peter was in, I probably wouldn't be sleeping. Somehow he was at peace in that situation, knowing that in the natural, he probably had fear, like we all do, fearful. Man, God, you better come through. You better come through. He probably had that. But yet he also, there's something interesting that I discovered uh, that's in um, John chapter 21, verse 18. Jesus actually prophesied to Peter, basically that he was going to be an older person and in his old age, it would, somebody would have to dress him. It would be that kind of old in that regard. So there was something prophetic that happened. Now, I know my mom has to put my dad's socks and shoes on now, but that doesn't mean he's old yet because it's just kind of getting started, right? You start with the shoes and the socks. I'm just giving you a bad time, Dad. Nobody thought that was funny. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> hey, man, you're not in a wheelchair. it's good it's all right to have a little fun in church just trying to get get a little bit of momentum going here for the holy spirit to work so here we have peter being comforted by a prophetic word he knew jesus spoke to him he knew there's something he held on to for many of us here we've probably had a prophetic word given over our lives at some point and maybe it's sort of faded into the background but we need to look at that again and say god you gave me this word I'm going to hang on to that word. That word is going to be accomplished, which will allow you to have a little more peace in your life, and you can sleep a little bit better like Peter was able to sleep, even though he was in chains and he was destined to be killed the next day, according to man. And as I mentioned, Peter wasn't going anywhere because he was chained, chained and bound to the prison guards. He was, they were double certain that he was in lockdown and he was going nowhere. But here's the thing. One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. My God will provide. The Lord will provide. He is a provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. When we call out to him, God, we know your word says you will provide. He will provide. Just like for Abraham and Isaac, he will provide. The thing about, from my perspective in this, I don't necessarily like the JIT or the just-in-time things sometimes that God does. I like the get-it-done-sooner idea, right? God, just do this quickly. But God doesn't usually choose that path. And for good reason that he doesn't choose that path. Because there's something that's working in us. It's annoying and frustrating for us to have to wait It is. But what does it do? It builds character, builds faith. It gives us wisdom, understanding, knowledge. It helps us grow spiritually. All of these things that God is doing, that those are his purposes that he has for us, and he's allowing us to go through these things, and he comes just in time when he he feels like what he's wanting to accomplish has been accomplished. So let's read verse 7. 
suddenly there was a bright light in the cell. Now I was thinking about thinking about this. This is not 10,000 lumens LED flashlight big coming in. They didn't have that stuff, right? Where'd this bright light have to come? By the way, it was night, it was dark, and they're in a cell. Supernatural light. This supernatural light, boom! Peter didn't budge. That guy's sleeping. What does it go on to say? It says, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. (laughs) Get up, get up! Peter, wake up! Oh, man, that was a good sleep. I was feeling good. The chains broke off of his wrists. They fell off of his wrists. Here's the beginning of a miracle right here. The bright light didn't phase Peter. Didn't seem to have. So the angel had to stick him in the side. Hey, Peter, come on. Dude, (laughs) you're sleeping good. The guards were obviously neutralized or they fell asleep and didn't wake up through all of this because they didn't, the Bible doesn't say anything about them responding. They didn't do anything at that time. They probably fell asleep and never woke up. They were supposed to be on duty because they were working shifts. Something happened there. Peter's broken free of the chains. Verse 8, then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. There was certainly ordinary tasks that Peter had to do right in the middle of a miraculous situation that was going on. A huge miracle just took place. The chains dropping. That doesn't happen. There was the miraculous, and then the angels calling for just the ordinary day-to-day things that you and I do. Peter, put on your shoes. Now, Peter, put on your jacket, your coat. It's interesting because it's important for us that we keep in balance (laughs) our life because we get this place where we feel like everything has to be a miracle for us, and those are great when they happen, but there's still a normal life we live, and there's still things that we do that goes on, and there's natural that needs to go with the supernatural. So what I'm saying is like Jesus, when he multiplied the loaves and the fish, huge miracle. Well, Jesus could have just as easily gathered all the extra food left over and put, dumped them in a basket just the same, but he didn't. He said, hey, you guys, go around and collect all, all this stuff up. There was a natural act to the supernatural miracle because there's something that we are to do in the process and not just sit back and expect God to do everything for us. He wants us to be obedient through the process as well. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and then he tells the parents, you need to feed her. Why didn't Jesus take care of her hunger? Now, there's a process here of participating with him so we can experience some things, and that there is natural life that goes on even in the supernatural, in the midst of the supernatural. Even in miracles, God is always practical. He doesn't want us to get super spiritual. I've heard people say things like, if they're going to go outside and it's really cold like a day like today, well, I'm not wearing a coat. I'm trusting that God will keep me warm. Okay, that's just super spiritual. I mean, if God does that, cool. But if we have that attitude 
that God owes us something, that he's going to take care of everything, and we don't have to do anything in the natural. That's, that's not what it's about. We, we have to do our part. God alone can do the extra, extraordinary thing, but as people, we must do the ordinary things that we're supposed to do. Yes. We, we can't just sit back and, oh, God, I need a job. Provide me a job, but we never go out and put applications in. That's the natural part of, that's the ordinary part. God will provide the supernatural, but he's saying, you still have to do your part. Peter still had to put his shoes on. He still had to put his coat on. You know, Peter could have said, no, you put my stuff on for me. No. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but the men still had to roll the stone away from the tomb. Jesus could have done that, but no, there's, there's participation here. There's our part as well in our miracle. We have to do our part. If there's something we need to do in the natural, we need to do those things. Don't just sit back and say, well, it's all on you, God. And he said, well, I'm going to do my part, but you have to do your part as well. It's interesting because probably every time Peter put his sandals on after that day, every time he put his sandals on, I bet you he thought of that moment of that miracle. Putting on his sandals in the natural, Lord, thank you so much for saving my life in that moment. So there's something that happens. It's a reminder to us when we're doing things in the natural. It reminds us of the supernatural. Verse 9. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this, listen to this, opened for them all by itself. Nowadays it's cool because we push a button and the gate's open, right? They didn't have that. There was no electricity or anything. Can you imagine walking up back then, walking to a big iron gate? <laughs> I think somebody would be impressed. That's the power of God at work. That's the power of God at work. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter gets through the guard posts, gets through there, gets out to the iron gate, and the gate opens all by itself. Then they get out free of the prison, and the angel of the Lord leaves. He's gone. Again, God's not coddling us through everything. The angel of the Lord was there to help get Peter through the miraculous part of this. From there, it was up to Peter to carry out that miracle and walk out his faith and to see what was coming next. That's how God works. We get frightened if he, we feel like he leaves us. No, he's still with us, but he says, come on, you can do it. Get out there, you can do this. You can walk out, you can walk out your miracle. He's out, now he's out in, in the city. Peter had to walk out his freedom now. He's free, but he has to walk it out. He has to live in it. He has to have the faith. What is the next step? Peter, in verse 11, Peter finally came to his senses it's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. Remember, we read that earlier. They were earnestly praying for Peter. He knocked on the door, the gate. 
And a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she didn't open the door yet, but she heard him out there talking, obviously. She was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. And what did all the prayer warriors say to Rhoda? You're out of your mind. (laughs) When she insisted, (laughs) yeah, is that funny? (laughs) When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel, which is a great reference to angels, by the way, if you ever did a study on that. There are personal angels, certainly then, and there are today, I believe, that, that are sent specifically for us at certain times to do things, and they understood what angels were then. And they were thinking, well, it's just his angel. When we pray, we need to actually believe that God is going to do what we're asking. They're in there busy praying and interceding, but were they really believing that Peter could be set free? Sometimes when we're praying, we're asking for a miracle, and we're, we're going through the motions of it, but when it happens, we're just like, it can't be. Uh, no, 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 something must be wrong here. The doctors must have misdiagnosed that or whatever. No, it's the miraculous hand of God at work. We need to accept when there's a miracle. It's interesting because when Peter came to the iron gate, came up to the gate, he didn't have to knock. There was immediate recognition of the power of God at work, and that gate just opened, and he he walked into his freedom. But he goes to where all of his friends are praying for him, and he has to knock. And they still don't recognize the power of God at work because they're human beings. And, and we are human. And in our thoughts, we think of things like, oh, well, maybe not. We second guess. It took believing, those people believing in the miracle for them to open the door. Peter's friends were praying in faith, but they probably still had a little bit of unbelief. We're all guilty of that. We are. Lord, you can do this. You can heal this person. Mm. We have that. In Mark chapter 9, there's a story when the, uh, there's a father of a demon-possessed boy and comes to Jesus. And he, he was telling Jesus about it, and he said, Jesus, have mercy on my son. And he said, help me if you can. There's, there's that, I want you, but, but can you? Jesus replied to him, what do you mean, if I can? He said, anything is possible if you believe. That, and that That's the word. And so in verse 24 of Mark chapter 9, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's kind of where we're at, aren't we, a lot of times? I believe, Lord, but yet I still have this unbelief. We've all been there. But with this, there's there's a stirring. There's something that God wants to do to get us to that place where we fully believe. Isaiah 65, 24. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. That's the God we serve. He has an answer ready for us. Already ahead of time, he has an answer. Now, Rhoda, a woman of faith, because she believed it was Peter. Rhoda was the one that said, it's Peter's voice. It's Peter out there. The rest didn't believe that. Sometimes we want to downplay a miracle or something that happened. No, we need to just believe it. 
Verse 16. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. He's still outside the door. (laughs) When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. (gasps) Wow. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had let him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place, maybe a place where he felt safe or to get away. But Peter continued knocking. This is our ask, seek, knock, and, and we need to continue knocking. When we, he didn't see a, a response yet for them to recognize, so he's still knocking. He keeps knocking to complete the process. I wonder if he would have stopped knocking and didn't continue knocking and he was still standing out the door. I wonder if all of those people would have just kept praying. Lord, free Peter from prison. Lord, free Peter from prison. And Rhoda's like, "Uh, I think he's outside the door. No, let's keep praying because he can't be freed yet. Lord, free him from prison. (laughs) It's time to rejoice in the miracle. James 5.16, second part of the verse says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Earnest prayer. We're righteous people today. And we need to contend. We need to declare. We need to be earnest in our praying. Do you believe the word or you don't believe the word? Great power and produces wonderful results. The last couple verses here. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Imagine the buzz in the prison if you think about it. Their hearts are probably beating out of their chest. They're thinking, we're in big trouble because they knew Herod. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Again, we don't understand all of the process here, but in there, there, in this true story, there are many nuggets for us to, to learn and to see and how we can navigate through life and situations knowing that, but God, but God. Yes. We're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. Whatever your situation is, Why, Lord, did you take my loved one so early? Lord, why did I not get that job? Lord, why am I suffering with depression? Lord, why is my body racked in pain? Lord, and we go through these things because we all deal with these things in our life. But we need to continue to go back to his word, go back to his word and declare, this is what your word says, God. I'm trusting you. Even though things don't work out the way we think they should, where is our hope? Where, where does our hope lie? Where is our trust? It has to be in God because there is nothing else we can put our trust in or our hope in that will work, especially not in ourselves. I want to read just in, in conclusion here just uh, uh, three of the verses that I read even during our communion time in 1 Peter chapter 2, <clears throat> starting verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, 
He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. Do we have to suffer for Christ? Yes, we do. We identify with him in his suffering. Again, as I read earlier, he never sinned nor deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. We need to leave our case in the hands of God. God, I don't understand. God, I don't know. But I am leaving it in your hands because I trust you. Jesus did the very same thing. He said, it's not my will but yours, Lord. He didn't want to go through the suffering either. But it was part of the process. We are going to suffer at times. But never stop asking, never stop seeking, never stop knocking. Because as long as we have breath in our body, we need to do what his word says. Amen? Man, let's stand this morning as we're going to be dismissed here in a few moments. But I want us to take an opportunity this morning. We, as, as a family, church family, as a body of Christ this morning, we want to pray for you. If you're here today and you have a, what you believe is a situation that but God is the only way you're going to get through it, we want to pray for you this morning. We've been doing it. We're going to continue to do it. And we are not going to stop. There's plenty of us here today that are, li- that are, that are healthy in our bodies today. We, sh- we should be thanking the Lord and feeling very fortunate. But there are people in our body that are not feeling well, that are in sickness or have disease or are going through a difficult situation. When one suffers, we all suffer. So if you're here today and you're suffering, you're going through a difficult time, I want you to come right up here and we're going to gather around you as your family today. We want to pray for you. Mark, you can stand in for your wife because I know she's at home recovering from surgery. You can come up. Just go ahead and come on up. We just want to pray for you today. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 